on today's program. The greatest testimony that you can have is to be able to say, I've been in church, I've never you know, fallen into that trap of addiction. You know, that's a great testimony. But I think sometimes because we are raised in church, because like you said, I do have the background. My, my grandparents were missionaries. Uh, you know, my, my parents were pastors. They raised me in church. Um, sometimes we take that for granted. Yeah. You feel like your parents are being overly protective. Please, I know it's really hard and you're probably not gonna listen, but if you will, please take that and, and cherish it because now since I'm older, I see that. I see why they done it. You're about to embark on a few minutes of raw testimony with a candid, unscripted program that goes beyond the pulpit and straight off the church bus. Open conversations that share the true view of Christ to help us through today and into a victorious tomorrow. This is Coffee Bar Confessions. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Coffee Bar Confessions for another episode of where we get to tell you what we have went through and we brung some very special guests today. Uh, this is Pastor Roy Marin and Sister Tracy Marin. Uh, this is very special to me. This is also my brother-in-law and sister-in-law. But we have been waiting for a pretty good while now to have them on here. Um, and so glad to be able to share some things that you guys have went through. So let's just, let's just start off, uh, if you guys could just Tell, tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, what, you, what you've done, and what you do in the church. Uh, just tell our listeners just a little bit about yourself. Um, as you already said, I'm Pastor Roy Marin. Um, I am pastor underneath senior pastor Orton, and uh, he ordained me as the assistant pastor, what, about 11 years ago? 2011. So we've been doing this for a little while. Assisting him, um, he had a vision place us in this ministry underneath him and it's kind of a funny story he had been praying about it and I guess God spoke to him and he felt the urge to move that direction and at the time I was working I had to be at work to check mm -hmm. on a process seven days a week even in between services on Sunday I had to leave and and uh, go check the process and make sure everything was running smoothly in between services and so as I left I had to leave a little bit early and he made the announcement to the church that he was going to place me in position as yep. assistant pastor and I, of course I was you know probably not really ready for that where I needed to be you know not that you ever really Everybody are ready are, for right? a pastoral position leadership position in the church but he saw something in me um, that I really didn't even see in myself at the time and um, we've been doing that ever since um, I'm in the music ministry um, the only t tenor in the, in the praise team amen so if any of y'all feel the need out there and you and you're watching this no I'm just joking <laughs> but uh, do that we uh, started out a long time ago we did a nursing home ministry we've done kingdom builders class um, we've done discipleship young married um, couples, young married couples just different facets and, and things helping out, assisting pastor, uh, just trying to be there, be his, be their right hand. Uh, people just to assist them and, and to go along with their vision 
in growing the church, Truth Apostolic Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. My name is Tracy Marin, and I am Brother Orton's oldest daughter, Brother and Sister Orton's oldest daughter. Um, Pastor Roy Marin's my husband, and Brother Matt Gallimore is my brother-in-law. He's married to my sister. And um, like I said, I grew up in church locally from Dawson Springs to Madisonville. And in 2005, I became um, a part of Truth Apostolic Church. It was East Broadway then, East Broadway Apostolic. And when my dad took it over, we just kind of went from there and we moved from one building to the other. I wasn't where I needed to be then, but thank you, Jesus. That's a part of me. Yeah. I, uh, anyways, pastor's wife now, music director, and I help in several different areas and I'm thankful for it. Yeah. You know, I, I think back being at East Broadway Church, you know, that was when I first got in. And a lot of a lot of people in our church don't even know that Tracy. Yeah, they don't. They have no idea what that Tracy <laughs> even was. And no. uh, the funny thing is, is I don't know, maybe some of our viewers might get to hear some things that, about that Tracy that, you know, that I knew yeah. uh, driving that blue Mustang around and, you know, uh, even, you know, yeah. just a total different Tracy that you see now is what was going on back then. So that that's something that uh, we're definitely going to get into if that's something that we yeah. want to bring up. So Absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. That's good. And even, you know, uh, I'm not even sure. You, you may have knew a little bit about that, Tracy, because y'all <laughs> knew each other back then, but n maybe mm -hmm. not what you know now. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and then Brother Timmy had no idea back then that there was even a Tracy Marin or actually a Tracy Orton. So that you're going to get to learn some things today as well. Uh, so I think that's something that's pretty cool. So, uh, Brother Timmy, if you can just, you know, let, let's let's get into the first part of what we're going to talk about today. All righty. Well, I thank you guys for coming and being with us. And, uh, sure. and I thank the listeners for coming and joining us today. So um, kind of the whole purpose of this podcast, you know, is about confessing and, mm -hmm. and uh we help each other when we confess and we strengthen right. each other. So uh, Amen. for us and the listeners, can you guys share with us some things that you've overcome in the past? Absolutely. You want to go first? Do you want me to go? Um, I don't, that's okay. Um, so, you know, thinking about things you've overcome in the past, obviously, let's just say this. I was raised in a Pentecostal church. My parents took me to church, um, I mean, I guess from the time I was in diapers, you know, they took me to church and they raised me on the pew and I didn't have a choice. You know, I wasn't in a generation where parents let their children have choices and I'm very thankful for that. Yes, um, Because I really think if they had not have been as adamant as they were um, in making me go to church that things would have turned out differently. Yeah. Uh, my parents weren't perfect, but they made me go to church. They lived truth, they loved truth, they prayed for me. Um, my dad pastored a couple churches um, when I was growing up, smaller churches. But the, I guess the big thing that we would hit on, we could hit on a lot of different little things, but and it's been hit on this show before, and you've heard about it, but one, one big thing I struggled with, probably starting in my teenage years, is the struggle 
with the addiction to perversion, pornography. Um, from the time that I was able just to pick up a Kmart magazine, you know, pick up a JCPenney magazine, whatever, um, I began to have that struggle. Um, I, I don't think, I've, I've said this before, I, I didn't go through the stage as a, as a child where I thought girls were gross, you know, I never went through that struggle. Um, but as it began to creep in and I began to, you know, just start looking at the small things, it became bigger and bigger until finally one day, uh, you know, the age of the internet was in, you know, it was more than just dial up, it finally, we had a fast speed internet and I was able to look and, and you know, my dad actually had safeguards that I was able to figure out how to get past and one thing just led to another and it, it just crept into my world and it went further than I, than I ever wanted to go. I was ashamed of it. I knew what was right. Like I said, my parents taught me what was right. Um, but it crept in and I didn't get help with that until after my wife and I had already been married yeah. for some years. I allowed it to go into my marriage, um, which is not wise. I mean, obviously, just having any kind of addiction, you need to get help yeah. with it. Um, I promise you, I'm, I'm out at the very, very beginning of this, I'll tell you, you know, people want to help you. Yes, uh, absolutely. We, we, we're here to help you. Right. If you need help, if you're struggling with addictions, you've heard some of Brother Matt, Brother Timmy's testimonies, Pastor Orton, when he was on here, you saw their episodes, you saw his, his testimony. There's people that want to help you. And one of the yeah. biggest things that keep you from getting help is that fear. Yes. Of, yeah, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. What are people going to think about me? What are, what, um, how, how are they going to see me or what is their response going to be? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, about I, me. and I was already married, so like, one thing I had to do was confront my wife, yeah. and that was very hard. Um, I love my wife, you know. I'm, some people can say, "Well, how can you, how could you love her and, and and be going through that?" Well, like I said, it's an addiction I had before we ever started dating. Years before we ever started dating, um, and honestly, once we started dating, I thought I had overcome it um, but as we got married um, marriage is hard you know we've had a great marriage God's brought us through a lot of things uh, we will be married for 14 years in, in October and we've had bad times great times but overall it's, it's just I'm more in love with her than I've ever been and but marriage is hard and sometimes stresses of marriage yeah. if there's not complete deliverance in your life yeah. Right. It will bring triggers yeah. that bring those addictions back up right. that you thought were gone. Yeah. So um, it's not that I didn't love her. It's that I didn't, I hadn't really been taught how to deal with it. And you know how it is. We want to sweep things under the rug a lot of times mm -hmm. and hope that they disappear. Yeah. Um, but through that addiction to pornography, obviously it came with lies. My wife... Um, she wasn't always the spiritual lady that she is today. Nope. Not saying that I, I was. Obviously, 
like I said, I was raised on the church pew. I knew I had a calling to preach. I could have been a lot further at a lot younger age if I had if, if I had have dealt with some things. Um, but she soon, after we got married, really grew in her spiritual walk with God, developed the relationship, and she'll talk about this more, developed the relationship with God through prayer. And because of that and because of some things that were happening in our marriage, she knew something was wrong. She didn't know exactly what was wrong, but she knew something was wrong. Yeah. So she started praying and she started fasting, and this might be kind of getting a little ahead of ourselves, but we can backtrack. Yeah. But, uh, and through her prayers and her fasting, God's conviction really worked on me finally to where I finally got the courage to confront her, confront Pastor and Sister Orton, and to confess to that fault. And it wasn't until I confessed that to them that I was able to find healing. Um, because y'all have heard it quoted, it's probably been quoted on almost every one of these episodes, you know, confess your faults one to another. And, uh, but it's so true because we bottle things up. And I've said this to the church, I've said it to so many people, you know, why do you think there's psychiatrists, psychologists, yeah. counselors, etc., out there making such big money? And really all they're doing is hitting key questions. They, they're getting you to talk, yeah. you know, lay back on a couch, sit in a chair, uh, and ask you, they're not even doing all the talking you are, but they know how to ask key questions. Right. And through that talking, when you're confessing that, it's at the same time bringing healing yeah. because there are things bottled up that you didn't think that you could get out there because of the shame. And a lot of times also as men because of the pride. And um, so that was just the major the two major ones, probably lying, uh, pornography, that perversion. Yeah. Um, not to go into detail, but there was a little bit of perversion um, in my household that probably, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, you grew up in it. Yeah, I, I grew up in yeah. a little bit of that environment, so yeah. it probably had a little bit to do with me taking that spirit of perversion yeah, and, with it, yeah. sure. but I, and I will say this though you know we need to be man and we need to be woman enough to to grow up and say listen we are accountable for That's our own right. actions exactly. we're not yeah. accountable nobody else is um, it's not anybody else's fault the way we choose to live yeah. our life yes we're a product of our environment sometimes but God is bigger than that yeah. and God's grace his mercy and his word um, gives us all that chance and, and that ability and that knowledge to, to get help and to overcome that. Yeah. So, so <clears throat> a lot of our listeners, majority of our listeners may not know this, but Pastor Roy, your grandfather was Matt Carpenter. He, uh, at a very young age, accepted the call to go to, if I'm not mistaken, it's St. Petersburg, South Africa. Is that uh, right? I was born in Peter Marisburg. Peter's Marisburg, yeah. South Africa. Yes. And so with that being said, your family is no um they're they're no stranger to ministry by no means. Uh like he like he said his pa his father pastored the church. Uh your grand your grandfather was a missionary to South Africa. Your family is is very well known in ministry. Uh your mother as I've heard you say many a times, 
would as you would walk in from work, as you'd come in from school or whatever, she would always point out, she would say, that's my anointed son. So from a young age, you already were um, accepting a call to be in ministry. You just didn't know it. You know, you were, you were called at a very young age to be in ministry. So with that being said, um, how... Because, I mean, you've said it, I mean, and this happens not just in your home, but in a lot of homes. I mean, there's homes that you would have never thought of that, that dealt with perversion. There's, there's men of God that you would have never thought of that whenever they say, yeah, I had an addiction to pornography, uh, it just would blow your mind sometimes that, you know, the, pe- the people that have dealt with it. But um, one thing that I wanted to bring up here is that Proverbs 22 and 6 says, train up a child in the way it should go. And when it gets older, it shall never depart. So uh, where you stood back then to where you stand now, to a lot of people it might seem like daylight and dark. You know, but your family has trained you up. But in that scripture, training a child in the way it should go and never depart, for that listener out there who may not have that same, that same calling, that listener out there who may not have had a, a mom and a dad that pastored churches, may not have had a grandfather that was, in, that was a missionary, may not have had that same household. What would it feel like to them to uh, have grown up in a house that is nothing, you know, that, that's all they dealt with is perversion? How would somebody seek help if, that, if that's all they've ever known? You know, because they, would they wouldn't have that desire to ask for help, right. you know, because that's all they've ever known. Right. Um, honestly, I think sometimes not being raised in truth, not being surrounded by church your whole life. Yeah. I think sometimes. Don't get me wrong, Pastor. Pastor even talked about this at church one time. The greatest testimony that you can have is to be able to say, "I've been in church. I've never." You know, yeah. falling into that trap of addiction, you know, that's a great testimony. But I think sometimes because we are raised in church, because like you said, I do have the background. My, my grandparents were missionaries. Uh, you know, my, my parents were pastors. They raised me in church. Um, sometimes we take that for granted. Yeah, and definitely. because of that, we think that it's just supposed to come easy. And we uh, maybe are not as diligent in living for God. Um, and we just think, well, you know, I'm just going to go to church and I'm just going to slide my way into heaven, you know. Some, and that's things you don't really learn until until uh, you're, you're older. You know, that, man, I, I can't, I got to do this for myself. I can't yeah. go to heaven on my pastor's coattail, my parents' coattail. And um, one thing I would tell somebody who's not ever known really maybe God or uh, had a relationship with God or, or, or a church <clears throat> is that God is there um, as close as just the, the sound of his name. Right. I mean, if you can just speak the name of Jesus yeah. and, and say, Lord, I really don't, I don't know how to pray. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do this. I don't know anything yeah. about the Bible. I really don't even know who you are, but I just... You know, I just feel the need to call on your name, and and I'm, if I've done anything, I'm I'm sorry. Um, well, that's how most sinners' prayers start. God, if there really is a God out there, right? Right. 
you know, if there is a God, you do this. And that's how they, because a lot of people out there don't really know God like we know God. So they say, if there really is a God, you know, and then that allow, that just opens the door for God to work. So that's how most inner prayers start. Yeah, exactly. And the same God who convicted me, even though I had been in church, been married to a godly wife, um, had people praying for me, etc. The same God, because it took me, it took me years um, to get that courage to overcome that, to confess it. But the same God who allowed that to happen for me is the same God who wants it to happen for you if you've never known Him. Sure. And um, my dad was, he went to a Methodist church, but he wasn't really in church. And he was driving home one day and he heard a voice that said, get back to church. Um, and I believe that God is going to talk to, or find a way to speak to everybody out there, whether you've been going to church your whole life or whether you, um, you know, don't know anything about yeah. it, and maybe you're having your first experience with God, like you said, asking that question: if there is a God yeah. out there, God. The Bible says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you'll be filled. You don't sure. have to be apostolic; you just have to be hungry. Yeah, be hungry. Because we've all asked that question, you know. There has to be something else out there. We, we find ourselves miserable, even if it's not even God. It's like there's something. I know there has to be something out there for me. Yeah. You know. I've been in church 17 years, and I still find something new every day. Yeah. Right. You know, revelations happen, things come in, you read a scripture, and it's like, whoa. Yeah, just you know, I've read that a thousand times, but that was totally different. You know, so right. And that's why it's living. Yeah. The living, living word exactly. of God. Yeah. And a lot of people, they may say, why confess what God is going to do, you know? Uh, why should I pretty well tell it myself to anybody, you know? And uh, and I'm proof that, you know, it was by your testimony, Pastor, that uh, you got behind the pulpit preaching and telling your testimony about pornography and stuff that that helped me to confess that I was going through it. And yeah. uh, and I was, I grew up with it as, as well. Uh, I didn't grow up in church. And uh, it was there was magazines in the restroom. There was my my uh, father would watch it, and I, you know, he wouldn't try to hide it from anybody. Right. Uh, not to embarrass him or anything, because yeah. you know, I'm sure he was raised with it too, yeah. in some yeah. form or fashion. But uh, so I was kind of desensitized to it. You know, it, you knew it was wrong, it was bad, but right. Uh, Everybody else. You didn't there. feel as bad when you was telling a dirty joke or. Mm -hmm. Or, uh, you know, when you did give into that spirit, you know, uh, you knew it was wrong. But now that you're, now that I've come to church and heard it preached and got closer to God, it, it just destroyed me in my spirit, uh, knowing that I was fighting that, and, and that was the biggest battle that I, I had overcome because right. I brought it to my marriage too. Yeah, right. yeah, and uh, so it does help to. Uh, to confess, and uh, it's not easy. It's not an easy no. process. See, that was coffee bar confession before coffee bar confession was even a thing. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. And I was, I was thinking about it. You was talking about that there was a spirit in your, in your home that kind of might have led to that necessarily. And I was thinking about the scripture that says that when a spirit is gone out of a man, uh, Matthew twelve forty three through forty five, I think. 
Yeah. It says when the spirit's gone out, man, it, you know, it goes looking for a place to rest and findeth not, and then comes back and finds the house, not the man, the house garnished, you know. Because when we start straining up our lives, you know, we, we clean right. our house. That's right. And uh, our home is ready, uh, it's empty, and then he invites seven other spirits stronger than he. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of times when you uh, when you're overcoming things, you, you gotta you gotta be more consistent and more faithful. Absolutely, yeah. Or yeah, there's more guards you have to place in your exactly. lives, especially when you've made that first step. Yeah, yeah because that, that scripture says the last state. Yeah. The la when they when they enter back in, the last state the is last actually state man. worse yeah. than the first. Mm. So when you clean that when you clean that house up, and then you start, then you go back into that if you ever allow that and we're going to talk about that here in just a little bit about yeah. these safeguards yeah okay but when you allow those those safeguards to be let down yep that's when you know you think it's bad now you think it was bad before you know you clean that house up like you're talking about and you let those spirits come back in again that's why a lot of people they turn to uh molesting kids or yeah. uh, homosexuality yeah it's because that spirit either gets stronger or it invites other spirits in with it. Yeah, it's true. so it, it's it's dangerous. Yeah, it'll take you further it'll than you, you. want to go for yeah. sure. And you never think you always think that there's a stopping point. And I mean, the alcoholics, the drug addicts, the, the pill poppers, whatever the case may be, you know, you tell yourself that you're not going to go any further than yeah. you know such and such. Um, but that spirit, it's 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 stronger than your your flesh is you. Yeah. Without stopping, without getting help, um, you, your flesh. The Bible says, "In your in our flesh dwells no, no good thing." thing. And yeah. without the help of God, and without the Holy Ghost to really lead us, and without those safeguards, you will go further than you ever intended on going. So I had a cousin that actually passed away, what was it, about two years ago, and those of you that that knew him or knew him before. Uh, he g got on the drugs. He actually had a father who died, uh, who had, had done so many drugs that it had messed his body up pretty bad, you know. And uh, growing up, I would watch my uncle sit in his living room and just pour ramen noodles down his stomach because he was so doped out of his mind he couldn't even didn't even know what was going on. And my cousin would sit there and just. I mean, he hated being at the house. He couldn't stand to see his dad be this way. And so I grew up with a cousin that was anti-drugs, anti-alcohol, anti-everything that had anything to do with altering your body, period, because he didn't want nothing to do with what his dad made him grow up in, you know. And so as he got older, he, he started working in the coal mines and started, and started doing these things. And like you said, Pastor Roy is, is is that when somebody starts doing drugs and it alters your mind that bad. Pornography is, is no different. It's it's still you know you get a high off of that pornography just as much as you would if you go out there and smoked a, a joint or if you went out there and, and drank alcohol or whatever. It's a rush and an addiction that and that's what the people are addicted to. That's what they're addicted to that rush that high, you know, and that's what they have to continue going back to. Yeah, and they're addicted to the fantasy. Yeah, the fantasy. That's where I was going mm -hmm. with. Uh, and 
you know that and there's actually a book that that we've all have read called fantasy land very good and escaping it, it. Mm -hmm. escaping the fantasy land so that's that's actually um it's a really good book uh, so uh sister tracy um I know there's some things that you went through growing up as a preacher's daughter, uh, evangelizing uh, the tri-state and a couple other places y'all went around. And, uh, and then growing up, I know because I am a husband of a pastor's daughter, but uh, also, you know, you girls have went through a lot being pastor's family. So what, what are some things, um, not just talking to a, uh, a young pastor's wife, but also uh, there's going to be some young pastor's daughters that right. you're going to be ministering yeah. to. Uh, and we all know that uh, PKs go through a lot. They go through, yeah. they go through a lot. They get bullseyes put on them. Uh, they, they, get, they get told, uh, you know, that they're supposed to be held at a higher standard than, than any other person. So what could another uh, preacher's daughter, what could you speak to another preacher's daughter out there that, could, that might could help them? Uh, first of all, I was raised at Star Bethlehem Church in Dawson Springs, Kentucky, and um, I never remember my dad not being a preacher, so I'm pretty sure he started preaching when I was like one, Yeah. and so I grew up with that, um, I guess living in a glass house, everybody would say, you know, well, you're supposed to know better, or, you know, they would be really hard on you because you were the preacher's daughter, yeah. or... The, it went on to be the pastor's daughter, and I had absolutely fabulous parents. My dad and my mom have always prayed um, for us and always had us come pray in the living room, and nobody's leaving until we're done praying. So, and they were always really careful about who they allowed us around, and to the point, sometimes it can push someone. if. Uh, if your parents, yeah, if your parents, and this is speaking to a PK out there, if you feel like your parents are being overly protective, please, I know it's really hard and you're probably not going to listen, but if you will, please take that and, and cherish it because now since I'm older, I see that. I yeah. see why they done it. I yeah. see why they put the safeguards up. And I know we're going to talk about that in a minute, but I see why I couldn't hang out with so-and-so yeah. and I couldn't go to this place and I couldn't listen or watch this. And I'm thankful for that now because I ended up um, being rebellious and being hard-hearted towards the church because all they seen was my flaws. All they seen was my failures. And now since I'm a pastor's wife, when I see young people I try my best to look at what what are they going to be one day, you know? What can that kid, what can that girl, what can that boy be one day? What can God do with anybody? Doesn't matter the age, but I had to overcome what people thought about me, and I know we're going to talk about that too. But whenever, <laughs> whenever I was uh, younger, like even when we first got married, because I got out and. Um, Dad always made me go to church, no matter if I didn't want to go or not. So, But I wasn't really in church. I just had to look the part because I had to. And he uh, he was like, you're not doing this, you're not doing that. And one day, he just took his hands off the situation, and we would fight a lot. And he just, I remember he came into my room, and he said, I love you, Tracy. He said, you can, you can do what you want. I'll put you in God's hands. 
that was in October, November of 2000 and I believe six. And then by January 2007, God really moved in my life. He began to, no longer did I feel that rebellion, but it was almost more of like a drawing when I come to the house of God. So, and if you feel that, do not ignore it because God has a purpose for you. Yeah. And, it, and then I couldn't see that purpose and I didn't really want it. I kept thinking I can never amount to that. Because of all the flaws that people seen, yeah. I thought I could never amount to that. And anyway, uh, 2007 went on and I had a car accident. Somebody hit me and I ended up having to quit my job. And I ended up having to go through months of therapy and have shoulder surgery and on and on. And in this time, God began to work on me because I was isolated for a purpose. He mm. was taking me and you know, he was saying, okay, now you get to go to every service. Yeah. Now you're not going to get to, you know, go driving and hanging out at the mall and all this. Yeah. Now I had to be taken places because I couldn't drive. So God knew what he was doing. And through all of that, I, I didn't, I just kept facing that regret to begin to look in the mirror and say, you know, dad was right at 19. Yeah. Already at 19, dad was right. Mom was right. And then I'm, me and Roy knew each other when we were 14, 15, 2002, and kind of back and forth dated. And... Um, he didn't really, we kind of didn't like each other because all I seen was the prayer meeting Roy <laughs> at the prayer meetings, at the youth functions, at the camps. He was at the altar. He was singing. He was something. I didn't want to do any of that. So I was, all I seen when I looked at him was, oh my gosh, this Which dude, away from. this dude, yeah, I want to run away from him. Exactly. Because this guy came from a missionary family. What am I going to have to yeah. be if I marry him? And he was doing the same thing for me because he knew me as that person, as that bitter person who didn't want anything to do with God. Like so, yeah, I was very prideful. And God had to move on me and by the isolation. Hey, and if you're out there and you face an isolation, you're a PK or maybe you're not a PK and you're just out there and you're going through a battle and you feel isolated. There is a purpose in it. Yeah. Seek the face of God. And if you don't know truth, find a good church, a good apostolic UPC church. Find somebody that you can talk to, that you can come up and be like, hey, do you have anything you can offer me? Because that's what I did. And I, I'm telling you, my parents were awesome because when I, I got back in church, they became everything to me, that and God. And then I married this wonderful man in 2008. And... We became assistant pastors 2011, pastor 2015, music directors, and um, God's done more than I ever thought he could. Yeah. So that's what I overcame was realizing that it's, I can do it through God. Thanks for taking the time to take in today's program. This is a media ministry outreach of Truth Apostolic Church in Madisonville, Kentucky. For more information about our ministry, visit our website, 